Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. Thank you so much. Okay, let me get my stuff here. I just want to ask you guys permission if I could take my shoes off. (laughs) Would that be okay? I don't know if it's living in Hawaii when I was a kid growing up or what, but I just do better if I don't have my shoes on. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, just um, as Luke was talking about, we're finishing up a four-part series on the Circle Maker. And um, Luke started it off by talking about this sage, this man named Honey, who drew a circle and stepped in it with a bold prayer, and he was praying for rain in the midst of a drought. And God answered that prayer, and he said, I wasn't going to move until rain started, and he, and he answered it, and this was recorded in the Jewish Talmud. And um, he brought the message that God answers bold prayer, and it was faith-building to have bold prayers. And then Nick came the next week, and he was talking about dreaming big, And that all things are possible in God. That nothing's impossible with God. And in fact, when we dream with him, and we begin to move in his thinking and in his mind, all sorts of stuff can open up. Things we'd never even perceived. And then last week, Luke talked about this idea of persistent prayer. And he was so good because he was saying it isn't about striving that we continue to pray. It isn't about coming from a place of trying to work our way. But it's something about coming before the Lord again and again in the persistent prayer that God honors. It's not about an orphan spirit of begging him or, or pleading with him. But even in the places of our unanswered prayers, there's something about persistent prayer that changes our hearts. So I'm going to bring the last piece of this, and it's, it's the idea of thinking long. So can we pray? All right. Father, I thank you for the places in the Spirit that are long. And I thank you for the seeds and the promises and the call that you have seeded in every heart here. Thank you, Lord. And Father, I just ask that you would anoint me (laughs) to speak the things that you have placed in my spirit this morning. Would you anoint our ears to hear? Thank you so much, Lord. We love you so much. Okay, so I just want to start and just begin by reiterating the things that Luke was talking about last week, and that is that it is by faith in the Spirit that we can do anything. Apart from Him, we can do nothing, but that doesn't mean that there isn't work involved or there isn't a pouring out But where we start with that is so important, and I just wanted to lay a foundation with that. Because you see, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Let's look at Romans 4, 3 for a minute, 
What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Romans 4.13 said, For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. I just think it's so important that we start off when we're talking about thinking long, praying long, what I like to call holding in your spirit. That we understand that it comes from this place of faith. And it comes from this place that's the tree of life. It's kind of through the cross and into the resurrection. But it doesn't come from a place of the old and the old man and the striving and the law. It comes from a place of believing him and holding it in your heart, thinking long. Mark Batterson says, God conceives a promise in our hearts. Every one of us have promises that have been conceived. If you keep circling a promise, God will ultimately deliver it. Abraham was 75 years old when God spoke to him. You're going to be the father of nations. He was 86 years old when he gave birth to Ishmael. He is 100 years old when Isaac came. There was a process involved in believing God that was long. Abraham was thinking long in terms of the promise. Sometimes we have to think not in terms of time, but in terms of eternity. In order to understand this place in the spirit, we have to think about eternity. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God has placed eternity in the heart of men. What does that look like? I just want to talk about two words that are translated time. They're very different. The first one is chronos. And it has this idea of a linear timetable that unfolds. It's a sequential chronological time. It's long and boring. And then there's this other word that is kairos. And it's this idea that there's an appointed time, a window of opportunity that opens from the spirit realm, that opens from eternity, and it intersects the chronos of our now in the long and boring, and God acts. It's really just a place of eternity that moves into our spirit, man. So these two ideas are all important when we're talking about thinking long. Because they involve both of them. God says that as a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. He has a whole different time in him. And yet we're here on the earth in time and space. And Kairos has this otherworldly, out of the dimension of time and space aspect to it. See, there's a seal 
that takes place when we conceive the promise of God in our hearts. There's an appointed time, a kairos time, when that seal is opened and the promise is fulfilled. Let's look at Job. This is Elihu who's speaking to Job. He's the one friend that God didn't really rebuke when God was speaking to Job. And he says, For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ear of men and seals their instruction in order to turn man from his deed, to conceal pride from man. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. See, each of us have things that the Lord has in the Spirit seated into our heart. They're long. They're outside of this chronological linear time, but they're in our hearts. Thinking long involves believing God to the promise that he's conceived and then obeying him and walking that out in its Kairos moment here on earth. Um, I just want to look at this. I just want to talk about this concept of having something sealed. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12. I just love this passage because there's so much in here. And usually I'm talking about this piece of scripture in reality check or in many waters in terms of it's so important that we get that it's in our spirit that we connect with God. But today I just want to take another angle at it and I just want to I just want to look at it in terms of what has already been given to us. What has already been sealed and given into our spirit man. So let me just give you context again on this passage of scripture. Paul was in Athens at Mars Hill and he was talking to the intellectuals there and he was trying to persuade them of the unknown God. And they're all in their head, in these profound places of thinking. And Paul didn't do so well there. And he's walking back down to Corinth. And he says in his heart, I am determined to know nothing but Christ crucified. Why was he saying that? Because when we identify with the place of our soul realm, our mind and our will and emotions just apart from God, not connected to God in the spirit, but just our own soulish realm. Unless that dies and is identified with Christ in that death, the life doesn't spring forth. This place of being able to perceive and to know his kingdom doesn't come about. So it's in that context that he comes to the Corinthians, and this is what he says. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart 
of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, most of us read that passage, and we end right there, and we think, what is it going to be like in heaven? Because there's going to be all this amazing stuff that we can perceive. And you know, that, that is true, because just like they were singing up the here this morning, it's going to be like we're seeing him for the first time. And it's going to be infinite in how majestic and amazing and inscrutable he is. But that is not Paul's point. And if we stopped there, we would miss the exact point that he's talking about. He says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. What Paul is saying is in the natural realm, with your natural eyes, with your natural ear, you are not going to perceive what has been sealed, what has been placed inside of you. It is through the spirit that these things unfold and come into being. Let me just give you kind of an idea of this with this little story. When I was a young kid, I had, even walking from baseline and 16th and baseline is where I used to live, and I'd walk to Uni Hill to kindergarten. And I had a sense that... There was a God. I had no clue as a five-year-old how to put any words to it. I still don't as, I won't say how old I am, but old, how to put words to it a lot of times. But I was aware there was a God who somehow was listening to my thoughts. And I began to get a hunger There's just a hunger that grows to know who is this God. Fast forward, and in my teenage years, I was in a church, and we were pursuing the glory of God. We were pursuing the presence of God. We were pursuing intimacy with the Lord, and worship was a big part of it. And that church went south in a major way, and a lot of hurt, a lot of stuff that was wrong happened in my early years. Fast forward, I come into this church, that's almost 21 years ago, and you know what? A lot of the same kind of stuff was going on here. But I had this groan. I had this thing in my spirit that I couldn't put words to. It was a yearning. It was a hunger to know God. And I didn't know what to do think of it, because there's so much disillusion that happens when evil distorts things. And I remember I went to a fundraiser, and my old worship pastor was there, and I began to talk to him, and I just loved this man, because he had such an anointing to bring us into the presence of God. We 
were talking, and he had become very disillusioned with the church, even the Lord. And he says to me, remember when we were waiting for the glory to fall, Didi? And he punches me in the shoulder. Well, that just rocked my world because I am still waiting for the glory to fall. And I just got out of there and I got in my car and I just began to yell in my car, crying and yelling and screaming at the Lord. What am I, an idiot? What is this thing that I just am looking for, that I'm yearning for? Am I an idiot? What am I, just the biggest fool on the planet that I'm yearning and waiting for your glory? And I'll remember, and I'll never forget it, I was headed right down the diagonal. And it just stopped me in my tracks. And to this day, I don't know if this was an open vision or was in the sky or what it was, but there were these clouds that were in the shape of a water pitcher with a spout. And there was like a waterfall that was pouring down just over this area. And there were two rainbows attached. And I had never had a word or I never had it framed that God said, we're going to sign a contract here and I'm promising you that there's going to be an outpouring of my spirit and that you're going to know who I am and you're going to know my character. There had never been any of that, but I had a groan in my spirit. And at that moment, I pulled over to the side of the road and I'm just looking at it and I hear the Lord say, if you will stay, you're going to see the outpouring of my spirit. And there was the covenant. Now that, that's a place of kairos, a place of seeding. It was just a confirmation and an affirmation. That groan in your spirit, Didi, that's a real deal. And you know what's happening here in this church right now? There's a long-awaited-for promise happening. That involves many, many, many people and many hearts believing. That's an awesome thing. But it's not just about me or what I'm carrying. But let me just tell you another story just to bring this thinking long down. I'm an intercessor. And when I get into praying, I notice something about me. And it wasn't something that I copied or that I even knew what I was doing. But as I'm praying, I begin to rock. It just happened in my spirit. And I'm at a Thanksgiving dinner, and my grandfather is an intercessor. And he's prayed faithfully. He died at 97. Just a faithful intercessor. And he began to tell me a story of his great-grandfather, who was a Messianic Jew, a Russian Jew. I had no idea I had Jewish blood in me. But the most amazing thing was just a week or two before that, I had seen this story on this tribe of Jews that when they pray, they rock. And I was just like, what? What? There's a thread 
that moves through time in our families, that's long in thinking, that's long in pondering, but it doesn't just end there. I have a grandson named Aiden Christopher. And from the moment he was born, we just had this amazing connection. And I would just sing to his spirit. When he was 18 months old, I would sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. And every time I would sing this song, my little eighty would get up and he'd walk to the stairs and he'd begin to rock. <laughs> I would show this to his dad. He's not really a believer in Jesus, my oldest son. He was just like, what? Like, this is some wild thing. Like, what? What did you do to him, Mom? The thing about those stairs where Aiden would walk to and sit was when we first bought that house 20 years ago, we didn't move into it right away because it needed a lot of painting. But I would sit on those stairs and I would sing about the grace of God. And I would move into this place of eternity and I would move into this place of promise and I would sing from those stairs. And when I saw my grandson, who can't even talk, Move into a place in the spirit. There it is. There's this place of long. You know, God seals things, and we may not perceive it with our natural eyes and our ears in our spirit, man, but it's in there. And oftentimes, when the Kairos moment opens and the window opens, it's like a deja vu. We call it deja vu. We call it something from another religious thought. When actually what it is, it's a kairos moment that's unfolding what we already knew. What we already had been told and instructed. like to just try an experiment with you all, just an application of this for just a moment, if I could. I'd like you to close your eyes and bow your heads and just to keep your eyes closed through this whole time. And I want you to focus on your heart. Now maybe there's a, um, a bold prayer that's percolating there. Maybe there's something that's being incubated, that, that's forming in your heart, that's bold. Maybe there's a big dream, dreaming and praying. Or the same. Maybe there is a prayer that you've prayed a thousand times, but you're still circling it. Or maybe there's a groan 
but you've never just been able to put words to, but it's in your heart. God, I just want you to focus on your heart and, and circle whatever is there. And Holy Spirit, would you just would you just bring would you just bring up what is circling in each one of your sons and daughters here? faith I don't want you to open your eyes I want you to keep your eyes closed but by faith I want you to lift your heads and I want you to look at Jesus I want you to look him in the face by faith Hebrews 4 says that we can boldly come before the throne of grace the veil's been torn his flesh was the veil and it has been ripped and we can come by faith boldly and so I just want you to look him in the eyes as you're holding that place in your heart just be with him with it he's faithful he's absolutely true Hold it in your heart and look at him and gaze upon him and see how true he is. Just hold it in your heart and hold it with him and hold it in that gaze between you and him. Here it is, Lord. This is what I'm thinking about. This is what I'm dreaming about. This is what I'm circling right now. Here it is, Lord. It's just a groan. And you can't put words to it. Just let him have the groan. Not just as you're holding it between the Lord and you, I just want you to begin to be aware. And Holy Spirit, would you just bring awareness? to every other heart in the room that's holding something. Would you just open up awareness, Holy Spirit, to all the hearts that are holding a gaze with the Lord and the things in their heart. Maybe it's just one other person. Maybe it's several. Maybe you can see the whole room. Maybe you can be aware of everyone. I just want you to open up your heart even more and I want you to be aware of all the people that have gone before you. All the people that have taught you, that have invested and poured themselves out for you. Every book you read, where inspiration and encouragement filled your heart. Every person 
that's fathered you, that's mothered you, that's cared for you and nurtured. Just let your awareness move to those that have gone before you. and the honor fill your heart just let the gratitude thank you Lord thank you for your people thank you Lord thank you for the unique treasure of each one Lord thank you thank you for the things they carried long in their hearts thank you for the deposit that they gave to us to holding the place in your heart being aware of the others that are holding the place in theirs being aware of those that have gone before you I want you to think about who's coming after you thank you Holy Spirit just show them faces faces of those that's your inheritance in us thank you Lord thank you Lord okay you can't open up your eyes you so much how was that you guys you see that thinking long is about not just what's in our hearts and what is moving from heaven into the earth in this chronos about us but it's involved in what everyone is holding and carrying in him those that have come before us long, those that are coming down ahead, moving forward. I just want to say that we can move in Kronos. This thinking long has aspects of it, of strategy, and it can move apart from the Lord. You know, when they were building the Tower of Babel, the Lord said, nothing will be impossible for them. Because they are a union, they are one mind. So I just want to point out this story in The Circle Maker, which it might have hit you differently, but it hit me this way. It's much like Peter stepping out of the boat. Yay, Peter. On the Swedish island of Visingso, there was a mysterious forest of oak trees. Mysterious because oak trees aren't indigenous to the island and its origin was unknown for more than a century. Then in 1980, the Swedish Navy received a letter from the Forestry Department reporting that their requested ship lumber was ready. 
The Navy didn't even know it had ordered any lumber. After a little historical research, it was discovered that in 1829, the Swedish parliament, recognizing that it takes oak trees 150 years to mature and anticipating a shortage of lumber at the turn of the century, ordered that 20,000 oak trees be planted on Visingso and protected for the Navy. It's interesting to note that the only objector was the bishop who didn't doubt that wars would still need to be fought at the end of the 20th century, but was the only one who anticipated that ships might be built of other materials by then. God works all things together, and he loves our stepping out. But there is a place in thinking long that involves an incubation with the heart of God, with the mind of God, so that when we think long, 150 years down the road, what we've been thinking of hits the mark. Now maybe the Lord had something in mind for those oak trees that wasn't about the lumber and he just moves that way. Well, let me just give you another example. King Hezekiah built an amazing underground waterway that was outside the gates This thing was ingenious. So much so that there's still museums that carry its record all over today. He built this waterway under a pool so there was no visible... You couldn't see that there was a waterway. It came from below the pool and moved underwater inside the gate so when the enemies were attacking, they would have a source of water. It was ingenious. But this is what Isaiah says about King Hezekiah's waterway. You also made a reservoir between the two walls for the water of the old pool. But you did not look to its maker, nor did you have respect for him who fashioned it long ago. day the Lord God of hosts called for weeping and for mourning, for baldness and for girding with sackcloth, but instead joy and gladness, slaying oxen and killing sheep, eating meat and drinking wine. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. This is an example of just being in the wrong place, not in touch with what the heart of God is in thinking long. We can think all kinds of ingenious things, but not understand the incubation and the union in the spirit. We're not begging God. We actually have resurrection in our veins. So the things that we think in our new heart are in his mind. We have the mind of Christ. But it's just important that we are foundationally aware we're not in the old tree. We're not in a measurement and a striving and a good and a bad and evil and good. We're in a new place where our heart gets to open in life and freedom that's rooted in love, that's flowing with the stream and the heartbeat of God. Abraham was 75 when God first promised him to father nations. 
And he was 100 years old, and Sarah was 90 years old, and he incubated what God had told him through all those circumstances that looked completely impossible. And when he had Isaac, 13 years later, God asked him to give him up. But Abraham had this knowing, this belief, this friendship, this faith that said God could raise him from the dead. So I'm just going to do what he says. It's kind of a lot of work to take Isaac and walking in obedience through work. Hebrews says that spirit, the body is dead without the spirit, so is faith without works. There's a place that moves in us, in our spirit, that we flow from in what we pour ourselves out to. It's not a place of working to get there. We're there. But it moves and it flows from the place of faith in what we believe. Amen. Now I've gone long. Uh oh. Um, yeah, let me just let me just end it with prayer. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the things that you're seeding here. I thank you for the the long places that are thinking in your mind, that are thinking in your heart, that are opening up to the possibilities, that are opening up to the boldness and expectation that nothing's impossible, that all things are possible in you. I just pray in the Spirit right now, Father, that you would bring clarity and awareness to the things that are circling in our heart, that are initiated and in partnership with your Spirit, with your heart. Thank you, Lord. Amen.